Well, hey, it is a good Sunday, and we are continuing our series through uh, Paul's letters in our series that we have titled Giants Eat Peas and Carrots, and we are smack dab in the middle of Ephesians, and today we are diving in, and we have a special treat for, uh, for us as a church, and I'm going to get to that in just a couple seconds, uh, but first I want to recap. Uh, we've been in Ephesians now. This is part five. Uh, we've been in Ephesians for four weeks. The first week was the introduction, and in that introduction, we looked at Ephesians from 30,000 feet, and we broke it down in three distinct ways. Ephesians was broken down into, first and foremost, the riches of the believer, followed by uh, the run of the believer, and then lastly, in chapter 6, we're going to see the readiness of the believer, and how these three sections really put together the two core sections of the book of Ephesians. We have the first three chapters all about doctrine, and the second three chapters all about our duty. And so then after that, we dove into Ephesians chapter 1, had a good time looking at Paul's greeting to the Ephesians. We looked at a poem, we looked at a prayer, and what that meant to us today. Pastor Dave brought an amazing message two weeks ago out of Ephesians chapter 2. And how many of you guys enjoyed Pastor Dave's uh, message last week, Ephesians chapter 3, as we were looking about how um, like immense God is, uh, and just the magnitude of who God is. And so Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3, today we're picking up in Ephesians chapter 5. For those of you who know, thank you. Thank you. For those of you who know numbers, where'd 4 go? I'm seeing some 4s. Look, I even put in my notes. 4? Ephesians 4. Well, I got to be honest with you. You heard Pastor Dennis say it. Pastor Dave is in Rwanda right now, and he was desperate to preach out of Ephesians chapter 4. And well, it's a good portion of scripture. And we're going to let Pastor Dave preach out of Ephesians chapter 4. And it just so happened that in our schedule, we were going to talk today anyways about Ephesians chapter 5. And we've got a treat, like I said. Our youth director, Aaron, is going to be coming and bringing the meat of the word today. And I said, Aaron, what can I do? And he said, "Uh, can you read Ephesians chapter 5 for me? He didn't actually say that. I said, hey, do you want me to read it for you so you can uh, not have to read the Bible all in front, and then just preach. He said, yeah, let's do it. Uh, So I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 5, and then I'm going to hand the microphone over to Aaron as he's going to be bringing a message this morning, Ephesians chapter 5, back to the basics. Okay, remember, we've looked at the riches, and now we're in the middle of that run part where we're going to look at what it means to truly walk out the life as a believer. And Aaron's got some amazing, amazing biblical basics that we are going to hit. But before we get to his points, we're going to jump right into what Paul says, Ephesians chapter 5, picking up in verse 1, and it says this, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all cleanliness uh, or all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named amongst you as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolishness, uh, foolish talking, coarse jokes, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know... That no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man uh, who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
For the fruit of the Spirit is all in all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of dark, darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes uh, manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Uh, He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does to the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined together to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love your own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you that your word cuts through the bone and the marrow to the soul and to the spirit and reveals to us the motives and the intents of our heart. God, we pray that this morning as we go through these portions of scripture, as we look at what it means to go back to the basics, what it means to walk out our life in this duty to the doctrine, God, we pray that we would be encouraged, that we would be built up. God, I pray that you would speak through Aaron. God, that we would be blessed, that we would be built up in our most holy faith, knowing that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God, we thank you. We praise you. In your son's wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Aaron, our amazing youth director. And uh, as, as he's coming this way, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing. Uh, Aaron, it was, what, 2013, you became an intern at Hillside. Uh, Aaron, Aaron and I spent hours, probably like 45 to 50 hours a week together, uh, studying, sitting in the, in the food court at New Seasons. Uh, and we would just read our Bibles and study together. It was a good time. Uh, and I told Aaron this morning, it felt like we were getting ready for youth retreat 2014 because Aaron and I team taught all of that. It was super good. We had a chance to preach together on a Sunday in 2014. And, uh, now here you are directing our youth. I'm super proud of you. Uh, Can we give it up for Aaron one more time? He and his wife do an amazing job, and I'm super stoked. So uh, 
Bring it, Aaron. Thank you so much, Pastor Matt. Um, well, hello, everybody. If we haven't met, I'm Aaron. I'm our youth director. Uh, if you don't recognize me, if it's been a while, I used to be the guy with the big, giant red beard. Um, I've traded it in for the sweetest mustache in the church now, as you guys can see. So I'm uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, but yeah, I'm our youth director, and approaching one year of being the youth director, uh, my wife and I, uh, we just work really hard at it, and we're, we just love what we do. Grace is our social media and graphic designer. Uh, anything you see hanging up, anything Hillside branded, that's her. Um, we are also expecting our firstborn daughter, by the way. Just wanted to tell you guys that. We finally posted it on social media so I can tell every single person I meet. I found myself in in the drive-thru this morning. They're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I want to be a dad. <laughs> so I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 5, uh, I think is really good timing on the, in uh, just coming in and preaching this message because I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I knew Ephesians 5 sounded good and I knew that's something I wanted to speak out of and I just... I felt tugged to be talking about it. But during the time that I was studying and reading, trying to figure out what God wants me to talk about, I started playing hockey again. Um, I'm 27 years old, and for about 24, 23 of those years, I've been playing hockey. Uh, a few years ago, though, I had a very, very bad situation where I tore my meniscus, nearly just, just shredded it. Uh, there was just a skirmish in front of the net. I, I play goalie, and uh, just something happened. Someone caught my leg, and it just twisted all weird, and I tore my meniscus, and it was really, really, uh, it was a bad tear. It was what's called a bucket handle tear, where it tears from, like, the middle out and just separates. I know it's gruesome, but it was, one, super painful, but, two, I couldn't really walk on my, on my leg at all. And so I go to the doctor, and I get it checked out. And a week later, they say, you just, you should get surgery on this, like, yesterday. And so I have my surgery on it. And two years later, I'm still not able to play hockey. And I'm getting so, so frustrated because I just want to play the sport that I've, like, grown up playing. And then just recently, a few years ago, I finally got to play again. Finally found a team, found a league, and I was just, I'm able to play, and I'm able to play with my friends, and I'm having so much fun. And then our first game starts, and I get whooped. <laughs> I let in nine goals, everybody. Woo! Nine goals. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good to be playing again, right? But... I noticed very quickly those about six of those nine goals was in the first period. And I noticed very quickly that I cannot do a lot of the things that I used to be able to do. I can't do all the advanced stuff that I spent 10 years learning. I can't do a lot of the stuff that um, just seemed to be super easy for me. Everything was so difficult. 
and I just hear my dad's voice in the back of my head. Just go back to the fundamentals, man. Just stick to what, stick to the basics. Stick to what you learned and what you built on, and then you'll be fine. And so second, third period to go by, I mean, I, you know, first game back in two years, wasn't my greatest game, but haven't lost a game since, so that's good. And I think a lot of that is because I just went back to the fundamentals of playing goalie. Just a very, very basic foundation of what it is to play goalie in hockey. And it got me thinking, as a believer, what are, what's, what are my fundamentals? What are the fundamentals of our faith that we can come back to if we ever find ourselves maybe a little bit away from God? Maybe we've just stopped, we stopped living for him and maybe we feel apart from God. Or maybe you're a brand new Christian which, praise the Lord, maybe you're brand new at this, like, Christian stuff in church. And you just don't know where to start because everyone's talking about, like, sanctification and hermeneutics and theology and all these big church words. But what are the basics of this? Well, I'm hoping that I can help you out with this. Because I think Paul lays out three different walks in the Christian faith. Uh, if you're... Reading out of the New King James Version, you probably know exactly where I'm going with this because it's all in the headers. But these are the three walks of faith. And I think they're very good basics for a Christian life. The first one is walking in love. Walking in love is... It's very intentional that it's the first thing. Because Jesus said in the book of Matthew that um, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all of your heart. And then the second one is to love your neighbor. So if the first two commandments from God is based in love, Paul definitely knew that. And so the first walk in your love, in your in your faith is walking in love. Walking in love for one another, walking in love for God, and walking just in love for everyone and everything around you. Love is a very powerful thing, and love is a very telling thing for a lot of Christians. First John tells us that you can pray all day. You can do marvelous works. You can do whatever you want. But if you don't have love, then what are you even doing as a believer? I would, I would just suggest that everybody read the, first, uh, the book of 1 John because that is all about love and that is, it just hammers home so much about how you need to have love in your life. And you need to have that love for God. And you need to have that love for your neighbors. I'm going to tell you something that might sound a little bit weird. But Christianity has a look to it. It's not, 
it's not a look of you have to dress a certain way to be a Christian, and it's not a you have to have this kind of body type or you have to you have to look a certain way. But Christianity has a look, and that look is through your actions and through your lifestyle and through how other people see you and look at you. Paul says that they will the world will know you by your fruits. The world will know you are a Christian because you act out that loving faith. You act out your faith in loving others and loving God with all of your heart. The cool thing about this is that it's not it's not a burdensome lifestyle. Like there's no burden to it. It's not it's not a burden to have that look as a Christian. Like these pants, they're kind of a burden because they're kind of tight. <laughs> like it was, it was hard to put them on this morning. I'm not going to lie to you. But having, having that life, uh, having that faith life where you are just loving God and loving your neighbor, that is not burdensome. Jesus even says that. He tells everybody that. He says, my yoke is easy, and the burden is light, and it's almost not even there. So we got to stop looking at living out your faith and living as a Christian. We have to stop looking at it as a chore, but we have to start looking at it as, I love God, and so I'm going to live for God. I can't remember who said it for the life of me, but I've heard it so many times, and I've heard who said it. So many times, but somebody said, love God and love others and do whatever you want. Because that's all you really need to do. If you love God and you love others, everything you're going to want to do is bless them. The second, the second walk in our Christian life is walking in the light. Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And he even turns to us and says, you are also the light of the world. And to put that into a metaphor or an analogy, if we were to turn off every single room, or every single room, nice, <laughs> every single light in this room, and I just had a match in my hand, the match would be the brightest thing in the room, and it would, probably a little dimly, but it would light up this whole room. Guys, this world is incredibly dark. This world is in utter and total darkness. And by darkness, I mean it is entirely anti-God. You see that sex outside of marriage is not only encouraged, but it can also be celebrated in most cases. Division, hatred... It's not only the norm, but it's also just being fed into more and more every single day. 2,363 abortions are performed daily. That's over 2,000 lives that don't get a chance at life. This world is dark. This world needs Jesus. This world needs God, and this world needs 
Christians to be walking in that light. The sad thing is, is that a lot of Christians have that light, and they have that light in them. They have that passion for God, but they cover it. There's a cover over it. They say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I just, I just don't really get involved in X, Y, or Z. That's just not my place to, to talk about that. You know, I'm just not about, I'm just a more me person when it comes to my faith. I'm more just about my personal relationship with God, and I'm just, it's all about me and God and just me, 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 no one else but me. That's just covering up your faith. Because what's light supposed to do? It's supposed to extend and light up everything around it. If you're walking in the light, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to be shining on everyone around you. You're not supposed to be covering it up and just keeping all this light to yourself. The cool thing about light, which actually was inspired by Pastor Dave's message yesterday when he was talking about eyes. He was talking about, you guys, who's here last week? Anybody here last week? Okay, so you all know what I'm talking about. When he was talking about how an, an eye sees, and he's talking about proteins, he's talking about like photons, he's, I, he's talking about like Pikachu or something, I don't really even know. But it's, I started looking up light. It just got me interested in like, oh, how does light work? Something I discovered is that light is reflective. If you're not looking directly at a light bulb or directly at a source of light, we're seeing everything because light is reflecting and bouncing off of surfaces. And that just, one, it just blew my mind that science works that way, but two, it just blew my mind that that's exactly what happens in our faith life when you just let that light shine and you just take that cover off of that light that you have. Because not only does it light up everything around you in a dark world, but once that light starts shining onto other people, it starts reflecting back. You start helping other people make those life changes. It might not be permanent, it could be just around you. I work at Starbucks and a lot of people I work with, they you know, they say bad words on the floor, but if I'm with them, they might say it and they're like, oh, sorry, Aaron, I didn't mean to. Or they'll change how they act because they know what I'm about and I'm about Jesus and I'm about God. And that's the cool thing about light is that it reflects, you start, spending enough time with people and you start letting that shine, that light shine around others and it's gonna start reflecting back and they're gonna start shining. So our light is not only attractive in a dark, in a dark space, in a dark world, but it's also reflective, it's contagious. Christianity can be pretty contagious sometimes. So I would encourage you guys to just uncover any light that you have covered and just let it shine and just see what it can do. The last, the third and final walk is walking in wisdom. I could go through 
a lot of what he was, what Paul was talking about, but I got a little fixated on one word. And that word was uh, circumspectly, because that's, that's how you say it, right? Circumspectly. Um, one, I haven't really heard that word before. I think every time I read Ephesians, I just like glance over it. But two, it's Greek. In the Greek, he uses a word called akrabos. And basically what his definition is exact, accurate, and deliberate. So when Paul's saying, see exactly how you walk, or see how you walk circumspectly, he's saying, see exactly how you walk, see how accurately you walk, and see how deliberately you walk. And so going backwards from those three, deliberately walking in your faith is making intentional time for God. Making intentional time to read your Bible, making intentional time to pray, making intentional time just to sit down and listen to God. You know how often we just tell God our issues and just close the door as soon as we're done talking? We need to make that intentional and purposeful time for God to talk back to us, to respond to all the stuff that we've got to say. Like, he'll listen. He loves listening to us. But I think every now and then he'd like to tell us a thing or two. And so we need to make that time, and we need to be very deliberate about that. On top of being deliberate with our personal faith, we need to make sure that we're being deliberate in sharing our faith. You have to be deliberate about walking in love and then walking in that light. You have to be very purposeful about it. You have to be actively looking for those moments where you can share your faith with somebody and when you can just share love with somebody else and share Jesus. It's purposeful, and we have to be purposeful. And if you are just starting out as a Christian, don't worry about looking silly. Like, honestly, do not worry about it because you just have to make that intentional and purposeful uh, intentional and purposeful sharing of your faith and that intense and that walk is just very important the more that you are intentional and the more that you're deliberate and the more that you are uh, just purposefully sharing your faith, you kind of start seeing what works. You kind of start seeing what gets a little bit more accurate to not only how you can personally share your faith, but also just what's right and what's wrong. You start getting a little bit more accurate in your wisdom. In your personal time with God, will you make that intentional time to pray and you make that intentional time to read your Bible when he's talking about accuracy, he's talking about just this is what God is actually trying to tell you when you, read, when you read the word of God, when you read the Bible, or when you're praying and you're trying to listen. Sometimes I can hear something that I feel is from God, but it really isn't. It's just like my mind being dumb 
thinking that it's a good idea, but it's really not. But the more time that you make that purposeful time for God, you start to understand this is the voice of God. This is what God is saying. You start getting just a little bit more accurate with your faith. You start to have just a little bit more understanding. You start to have just a little bit more wisdom. And the more and more you do that, the more you walk that out, the more time that you give to God, the more it just becomes exact. The more that it just becomes a to-the-T science for you. Because then eventually you'll just, you'll hear God and you'll say, I know that's God because I know what God sounds like to me. I know when God's putting this opportunity for me down on a silver platter. I know it because I've had enough time with God to know what's going on. So if you want to talk about true wisdom, true wisdom and understanding and walking in that wisdom is just knowing when God's speaking to you. And it is knowing what exactly God is trying to tell you in that moment. I can't tell you how many times when I have very clearly heard God tell me, go do this. Go share your faith with this person. Go, tell, go back into the store and tell this person that God loves them. Or go help this old lady with her groceries and then tell her God bless you. Like there's, it could be as simple as that or it could be just as complicated as you need to Go preach in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> There's a lot to it. But I, I would want to encourage you guys to just take that time and just be intentional about your time with God. And now, walking in love, walking in light, and then walking in wisdom. As we're going to be coming to the communion table pretty soon, um, I think communion's a very good reset button for a lot of people. For some people, it could even be the start button. It could be a great start or reset button for your faith. Maybe you have just fallen away from God. Maybe you just stopped, stopped praying, stopped reading your Bible, and now like he's not on your mind as much, and... You're just not thinking about him. You're just not really living out your faith anymore. You still believe, but you just want to come back to that, to that life of faith. And you just want to come back to that walk. Or maybe this is just, all this is new to you. All this church stuff is very, very new. And you don't really know where to start with, with growing as a Christian. These three walks are a great starting point. You just walk in love with one another, love God and love others. You walk as a light. You don't hide who you are. Don't hide the fact that you're a believer. Don't hide your faith. And then you walk in wisdom. You just make, make time for God and understand when God is telling you something and what his voice sounds like to you. I love Paul so much because he uses a lot of metaphors. And I think it's in Colossians when he talks about running his race. 
I think Paul, in his intelligence and the Spirit, and uh, the Holy Spirit's just amazing, even beyond Paul's intelligence, they know something about walking and running. They know that before you can run a race, you need to learn how to walk your faith. And that's what all of us learn. That's what all of us learn naturally as growing humans. You need to learn to walk. You need to learn to stand before you can start running. And so, yeah, when I started playing hockey again, I had to basically relearn a lot of fundamentals. The best thing about it is I spent so much time in practice just working on these basic fundamental aspects of being a goalie. I did so many, so many drills and so many things that it just is etched into my muscles even. And now I have that muscle memory. And now going through playing all these games, I can just fall back on that. And I just focus on the fundamentals. Guys, in your faith, you should never lose your fundamentals. I'd say if you feel like you've just been spending too much time in the advanced stuff and you're starting to forget like why you're here in the first place, just come back to the fundamentals. Come back to the fundamentals of your faith. And then again, if you're brand new to this, this is the fundamentals of your faith. That's Matt. Thank you, Aaron. Let's give it up for Aaron. And just to hit on one thing before we get to communion, Aaron said fundamentals, bedrock, back to the basics, foundation, all these things. Um, maybe you are that person that Aaron said you've, you've been a Christian a long time. You know the fundamentals, but you've been doing, as Aaron said, all the advanced stuff, and you're slowly starting to forget what the fundamentals are and why you're even doing it in the first place. Uh, if that's you, you're in good company um, because the church in Ephesians, uh, uh, the, the church here in Ephesus was doing the exact same thing. Uh, Jesus, in, in 30 years from the time this letter is written, Jesus writes a letter to the church in Ephesus and says, man, you're doing so good at this. You're doing so good at this. You love these people. You, you, you serve these people. You're doing so many amazing things. But I have this one thing against you. You've lost those first things. You've left the first love. You're no longer doing the fundamentals. Uh, and so, Aaron, great message and a good encouragement and reminder for us to be walking in love, to be walking in light, and to be walking in wisdom. I, I, I had a whole other point to the sermon that I was going to add in there, what it means to be walking in godly submission. Uh, and that's uh, verses 21 through the end of the chapter, but we're going to save that for another time. Keep planting the seeds. Don't hide the light, but let it reflect everywhere you go. Amen? All right, hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.